to another edition of the Faith Family Church broadcast. My name is Stanley Scott II. I'm glad to be with you again tonight. I'm the senior pastor of Faith Family Church here in Houston, Texas, and uh, I'm just honored that you've taken a moment of your time. Maybe just the title alone interests you about this message, or maybe you're a longtime member or even a visitor of Faith Family Church. However I find you in this moment, I believe that this message is for you. I believe God wants to breathe this into your life, and I believe it'll set the course for your future in a really, really good way. So we're just going to dive right back into the Word of God uh, tonight, and uh, let's just bow our heads for a moment of prayer, and then we'll get started. Father, we thank you for this another opportunity to minister to these, your sheep. We know that not one word from you is void of power. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so, Father, we ask you tonight to shine the light of your word to us by the Holy Spirit. Help us to see it. Help us to get it. Your word for us in the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this is part three of Get Out and Stay Out, and we're talking about getting out and staying out of debt. In this series, we're going to give you seven big steps to debt freedom. And our, our golden text, our foundational text for this entire series is found right here in Romans chapter 13 and verse number eight. It says this, to owe no man anything except to love one another for he who loves another has fulfilled the law and so obviously uh, i'm believing that god is is speaking this word to us i don't think that it was just meant for paul to speak to the church at rome i believe this is written for believers worldwide in the day and age in which you and i live right now. I believe now more than ever, God has personally or specifically and, di and directly to every member of the body of Christ to get out of debt and to stay out of debt. So if I've got this much of your time and attention, I encourage you, listen long enough to hear for yourself what God is saying to you individually and in your life. We're literally challenge you to consider What's your disposition as it relates to borrowing money? I mean, at this moment in, in, in our country's history, the country, the nation owns trillions of dollars in debt. So not only are the people of the country in debt, the nation itself uh, functions and operates by debt. What, that, what makes that so dangerous? You may have enough today to pay your bills. But if you lost your job, as so many millions of people have lost their jobs, if you became ill and you could not work, all of, a, all of a sudden, much of your life is significantly impacted and has to change because you don't own everything free and clear. And understand this, when I'm challenging you to get out of debt and to stay out of debt, really not I, but when the Lord is challenging you to get rid of debt and, and to stop allowing it to be a part of, of your function in life, that means your house, your education, your cars, your, 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 your travel, um, <laughs> anything and, any, and everything that you would do to borrow, God wants you to own it free and clear. 
Amen. And, and I believe you'll see these things uh, if you allow yourself to go with us through these scriptures. So let's just jump right in where we left off. If you were here last time, man, I thought that, that get out and stay out number two was off the chart. If this is your first time listening, go back to YouTube, go back to, to uh, uh, Facebook. We're on Faith Plus network wherever you're finding this there should be an archive of it and you can hear even on our website at myfaithfam.org you can hear an archive of all of the messages that we minister and you can get them all free of charge so don't miss any part of this in our last time we asked the question is it a sin to borrow tonight the title if you would is what if debt was a sin that's the second question that we're going to look at now, the goal of this series is to help you get out and stay out of debt. Maybe you're watching right now and you're head over heels in debt. Maybe that's what got your attention. You know something on the inside of you. You, you. You've consolidated loans. You've paid off credit cards yet to find yourself back in this place again. Maybe you have been like me at different points in my life where I got a bonus. I got a raise, you know, and, and I, all I did was expand uh, my debt capacity. And, and, and I found myself bowing for a bigger car or a better home. And, and, and then I'm realizing, oh, my gosh. How is it that, you know, I've, I've ended up in a place where I once was before when I didn't have that bonus or that new job or that promotion? If that's you, I'm challenging you. Hear this and receive the word of God in your heart over the next many weeks that we'll be on this and, and, and make the decision. Draw the line and decide I am done with debt. I'm getting out and I'm staying out. Or maybe you're watching me right now and you're a very good steward of your money. You're working right now, maybe as an essential worker, or maybe you're an employer and you've got employees. And, and even through an economic downturn, you still find yourself in a good way. But you owe, maybe you owe for your home, maybe you owe for your vehicle. You can make the payments easy and you've got plenty more to put in store. I believe even more so this message is for you. I believe God is saying it just as much to the person who's in crises, to the person that is right now doing well. You know why? Because there's no uh, qualif qualifiers in verse eight of Romans chapter 13. He says to owe no man anything but to love him. So if you owe somebody something, then I don't believe you're doing what God wants you to do as it relates to this particular verse of Scripture. Now, don't let that bother you too much because there's a lot of things all of us are doing that uh, don't line up with what God has said in his word. But we're aiming for that and, and, and we're, we're, we're endeavoring to do what God wants us to do. At least that's what I'm pursuing in life is to be pleasing to my heavenly father. But the question for you right, right now is if you owe somebody something, then I challenge you to make a decision to get out of debt. All right, you're good with finances, you're good with money, then be good at this level. Get to the level where you can pay cash for homes, where you can pay cash for cars, where you're living in a very small percentage of the world in a debt-free state. So the goal of this series is to help you get out and to stay out. In our last session, we asked that question, is it a sin to borrow money? I wonder what your answer is. 
Now, we didn't answer it last time. We just asked the question because I don't want to tell you what to believe. As a pastor, that's not my assignment. As a pastor, according to Jeremiah chapter 3, my job is to feed you with knowledge and understanding concerning God's word and concerning God's will. He says, I'm going to give you pastors according to my own heart, and they're going to feed you the word of God with knowledge and an understanding. In other words, I give you what, what, what the word of the Lord is saying to you, but then it's up to you what you do with it. You're in no obligation to do what God, he's given you a free will. If you want to please him, then you can do what he has instructed you to do. But if, but if you want to do something else, you're free to do that. So I don't want to tell you what to believe. I want to show you some scriptures that maybe you haven't considered before, like Romans chapter 13 and Deuteronomy 15 and Deuteronomy 28 and many others that we're going to be looking at in this series. I want to challenge you to consider some things that you may not have. Maybe this is the first time you're hearing it, or maybe you're hearing it again. But if you have any amount of debt, I am challenging you to consider that you may not be seeing something about this that you haven't seen before. But ultimately, it's up to you. It's left up to you to decide uh, what you're going to choose to believe. Now, if you believe that it's okay to borrow or to owe somebody for something, then it's highly likely at the present or at some point in the future that you are going to owe somebody for something. You might be debt free right now. And if you believe that it's okay to borrow, then either at the present or in the future, you will likely find yourself owing somebody for something. A deal will come up. You could be in a debt-free state right now. And if you don't believe that it's not okay to borrow, you might end up borrowing for a deal might come up. I mean, you know, we're believing for a vehicle uh, in my family. Uh, We need an extra vehicle. And, um, Man, the, the commercials, right? You know, we're in an economic moment. And I mean, they're basically giving the cars away seemingly, you know, 84 months at 0% interest and no payments for the next five months. I mean, because of everything that's going on. And it could be when you're in need for something, it, that could be really, really tempting. But if you're like me and you've decided, you know what, I'm done with debt. I'm almost debt free completely and totally, and I am not going to borrow for anything. You see, that only comes when you've made a decision about this particular question. So if you believe it's okay to borrow, then it's highly likely that at some point in the future or even in the moment that you're going to owe somebody for something. But let's say you believe that it's not okay then that alone, I want you to know, is not enough to keep you from borrowing. I mean, you could be like me, where you don't believe it's okay to borrow for anything, even to save your life, but you might find yourself, that alone, knowing that, believing that it's not okay, you might find yourself yielding to this temptation that is so perverse in our world, and you might find that alone is not enough. My assignment in this series is to give you the spiritual steps to take to actually get you out of debt and to keep you out of debt where you can get out and come on and you can stay out of debt. Now, in this 12-week series, 
As I've said before, we're going to look at the three fundamental questions. Based on how you answer these will determine if you'll ever get out and if you'll ever stay out. Number one question we'll look at is, is it a sin to borrow? We looked at that last time. Another way to ask that same question is this, is debt a sin? That's a very interesting question. Don't forget, when you ask yourself that question, remember what the definition of sin is. It's simply the violation of light. If you don't have light in an area, you're under no obligation to heed the light. But when you are exposed to a truth, then you are under every obligation to heed that truth. Number two question in this uh, fundamental uh, series is what would you do if debt were a sin? So I'm going to leave it up to you to decide what the answer to the first question is. But in the second question, what if it was a sin? There are some that believe that it's not, some that believe that it is. Again, how you answer that will affect you. But all right, set that one aside for a moment. And tonight, let's examine this second question. What if it were a sin to borrow? What would that change in your life? What would that change in your thinking? How would that affect what you encourage other people or say to other people about debt? In other words, if you knew that borrowing was a sin, what would that change in your life or in your thinking? So if you're taking notes, take, you know, write these three, these three questions down, make a mental note of it, and we're going to dig into each of them. The third question is probably my favorite, and it's simply this, is debt to you? A friend or an enemy? <laughs> that is a great question. And when we get to that, we lay these others aside and we say, all right, this is a sin of all. Okay, that, that's on you as an individual, me on it as an individual. I won't tell you what my answer is. You know, your answer is private to you. And then number two, if it were, what would it change? I know what it would change in my life. I know what it has changed in my life. And then number three, I want you to consider in and of itself, is it a friend or is it an enemy? You see, a friend uh, loveth at all times, but man, an enemy, you want to avoid at all times. So how you answer these three questions will determine if you ever get out of debt. I mean, I, we, my wife and I, we're so close to being completely and totally debt free. And we are going to lead a nation of believers into freedom, cutting a path for many hundreds and thousands and even tens of thousands of people to follow. I believe we're living in such a time where God is giving you and I a window, a season of time to get out and to stay out because there is doom and gloom to come in the future, but it does not have to be for you. When the children of Israel experienced all the judgment and plagues that came and were pronounced over them, that the, when the children of Egypt experienced all the judgment and plagues that were pronounced against them, the children of Israel were in a place of safety and were kept at peace. I believe that's God's will. But when you're entangled in this world, if it goes down, you may feel that tug and, 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 and things in your life may go down with it as well. So we started 
uh, on our first lesson in Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Again, God is saying to owe no man anything but to love him. If we were to take that literally, this is one passage where God is saying, don't owe anybody anything. But the word of God teaches us that in the mouth of two or three witnesses to let every word be established. So we don't want to base it just on one verse. Well, I gave you two other verses. In Deuteronomy 15, amongst other things, the Bible literally says, thou shalt not borrow. Some of you that have been taught in church and you know maybe even gone to theology school may be thinking that I'm taking this verse out of context. I'm asking you to withhold your judgment about how I'm uh, breaking the scripture down until after you hear the whole part. If God is saying what I believe he's saying, he is telling us very clearly, do not put yourself in a position to borrow. I'm gonna bless you, I'm gonna, feel, I'm gonna take care of you, I'm gonna be a God to you. And then in Deuteronomy 28, he says it again. <laughs> he says amongst other things, thou shalt not borrow. And we noted that the context in which Romans 13, 8 was in, was he was talking about thou shalt not, thou, it was in the context of commandments. And I believe to owe no man anything is a commandment. And clearly in Deuteronomy 15, we know that's an old covenant scripture, but we know that in the new covenant, we can learn from their experience in the old. And we have a new covenant that's based on better promises. Glory to God. And so he says it and he says it again. Three times so far I've shown you in the word of God that God is saying, don't put yourself in the position to borrow. Now, in this message, let's consider this. What if it were a sin? All right, lay that other thought aside. What if it was a sin? In the eyes of God to borrow, what would that change about how you handle this issue? Again, in this moment, you might be completely and totally free, but in your opinion, you may not think that it's a sin for somebody to borrow. Notice what happens then even though you and your life may be in a financially good place and owing nobody anything, but if you don't believe that it's a problem in the eyes of God, then you might end up counseling someone near and dear or far uh, you know, from you to, to, that, it, that it's okay as long as it's managed and as long as it's controlled. Or you may be like over 90, probably like 95% of America, I don't know 95% of America, so I can't say it emphatically, but I perceive in my heart that 90% plus of America is in a position of wrong, where very, very few, another way to say that is very, very few people are debt-free. But I believe it's God's will. I believe it's what God is saying. Just as God gave Pharaoh a dream and said to him, there's going to be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of, of, of problems. I believe God has given us, even as things have been shaken and, and, and taken in this world, I believe there's coming a season of prosperity in your life. Even if it gets bad in the world, I believe in your life, you're going to have money and, and chunks of money show up in your life, opportunities, promotions 
promotions, increases, bonuses come to you as God gives you a window to get out and to stay out because he sees what's coming ahead and he wants to separate you from this world so that if it goes down, nothing in your life goes down with it. What would that change about how you handle this issue, whether you're in it or out of it? Well, if if it were a sin in the eyes of God to borrow and you don't owe anything, if, if I were in that position, I would keep from ever putting myself in that position. If I saw, in other words, that it were a sin to borrow and I didn't know anything, then I would never put myself in a position to actually owe somebody. Or if I do see that in the eyes of God, it is a sin to borrow and I currently owe then I can tell you this, I would do everything I could to get out of debt. If I, from this moment forward, in, in, this, in, in this present moment, if I saw that it is in the eyes of God, not his plan or will for me, then I would stop increasing my debt load and I would start decreasing what I owe. I would get out of debt. I would no longer ever put myself in that position. Why? Because I, I don't believe in the eyes of God that that's what he wants for me to do. What do you believe about that? What if it were sin? What would that change in your life? And furthermore, once I get out of debt, I would stay out. Come on, somebody. Anybody else there like me? What If I saw that it were a sin, that it's not God's will for me, I'm not just talking about it's not his perfect will. If I saw that it's not even his permissive will, if I knew that God did not want me to borrow for anything, then I would not, I would get out and then I would absolutely stay out once I got free. Again, as I said, there's several, several very significant passages of scripture that this entire teaching is based on. It's not just on Romans 13, Deuteronomy 15 and Deuteronomy 28. There are about four other passages that I want to introduce you tonight in just a few moments that I have remaining. And each one of these, I could, you know, talk for the entire time in each session about just the single verse alone. But I want to give you the, the other passages that this entire series is based on so that you can begin to consider them. And then as I refer to them or as I'm led by the Holy Spirit, to, to, to draw upon them, then, then you can see where essentially we're coming from. So you know the three that, I, I, that I've already ministered. The fourth is in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 7. Again, all of these are, are like one of my favorites, but Proverbs 22, 7. Listen to this. The Bible says, God says that the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. So God is saying, not just the Bible, not just uh, Solomon, but God Almighty is saying, here's the reality in life. There's the rich and there's the poor. One famous um, author concerning financial matters wrote a book uh, called Rich Dad and Poor Dad. There are two groups in the earth, not three. As far as I'm concerned, in the eyes of God, there's the rich and there's the poor. <laughs> and guess what? God says that the rich 
rule over the poor. Now that was written man, thousands of years ago. And it's true even to this day. The rich in the world rule over the poor. And then it goes on in the second part of this verse to say something that's also true to this day. I mean, at this time, America was far from ever being a nation. Debt was not a matter of lifestyle, but yet it was a part of lifestyle. You know, it wasn't as it is in our day in terms of the level that our nation is, etc. In Proverbs 22, 7, part B, he says, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, the borrower is someone that borrows for something. We're talking about financial matters. If you go to the bank and you borrow for your house, then that means you are now in servitude to whoever holds or owns that mortgage or owns that home. Until you pay it free and clear, you don't own it. You are servant to them. Now, that's going to be powerfully important in a couple other passages of Scripture that we're going to look at tonight, which all of this teaching are based on all of these verses. So now the other thing I want you to associate with Proverbs 22 and 7 is this, that the rich are not the borrowers. And actually, if you talk to people that are really, really rich, you know, their disposition, I know that there's some people that have gotten rich based on borrowing and using other people's money. I'm not talking about that. Um, but those that uh, have, have real wealth and true wealth understand you don't want to be in a position where you're paying more for something than it's worth, where you're paying for it and you're paying someone else for it. Or you own a home after 30 years and you've paid two and a half times of it of its original value. So notice that the rich are not the borrower and the poor are not the lender. So you see that he's saying that the, 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 the lender rules over the poor. The rich rules over the poor. And, and the, 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 the lender rules over the bower, bower, the lender rules over the poor. Here's another passage of scripture. Again, I'm just introducing these, um, but these are good in and of itself. In Proverbs chapter six, same, cha uh, same book, but if you go back to chapter six and you look at the, really the first five verses, it's talking about uh, putting yourself in a position to borrow and, and also becoming a co-signer for somebody, for somebody. In verse number five, concerning debt specifically, God says, if you are in debt, and listen to me now, because I know some of you are starting to glaze over at the eye. You've made, you may be in hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're thinking, how could it ever be possible for me to ever own my own home, own all of my own vehicles? I just cannot see that. I'm challenging you. If that's you and that's the way you're thinking, remember this, that with God, all things are possible. If that's you and you're struggling in your mind to ever imagine as a pastor of a church, as an owner of a business, ever being able to pay cash for land, to pay cash to build a building, to, to be able to buy uh, businesses completely and totally debt-free, then remember that the God you serve is the one who created the heaven and the earth, and he is your father. He is your dad. You are a king's kid. My challenge to you in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 5, God is saying, if you're in any form of debt, get out of debt. 
He says, deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Praise God. So I believe clearly God is saying, don't do it. Don't put yourself in that. If you put yourself in that position, then this is what's going to happen. And if you're in that position, get out of it, get out of it and do everything you can to get away from it. Then there's Matthew chapter six. Again, so all everything that we're going to dig into over the next several weeks, over the next couple of months is going to be tied to the truths in these seven verses, passages of scripture. In Matthew chapter six, there's two verses, particularly in verse 24, Jesus says, no one, no one, not anyone, nobody, (laughs) no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. At the end of that passage in verse 33, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that the Gentiles seek shall be added unto you. I challenge you, wrap your heart around this. Don't fight this. If if you believe that it's okay and that it's not a sin and at least consider that if it were a sin in the eyes of God, what would it change? I believe that would be a first step to getting you to a place of getting completely and totally out of debt. But put, it, put, put these scriptures together. In one verse, in Proverbs 22, 7, he says that the rich remove all of the poor. There's, there's no middle class. Let, let me take a moment on that. There's no middle class. The middle class is a concept developed by the rich to make poor people think that they're better off than they are. I'll say that again because I believe it from my heart. There's only two groups. There's the rich and the poor. And in the group of the poor, there's a a concept created by the rich to make a poor person think (laughs) that they have a little something, something. And that, that is so deceptive. Think about the middle class in America. You might be in a different country watching this, but think about the middle class in America for a moment. Come on, America, talk to me for a minute. You don't own your own home. You don't own your vehicles. You don't own your education. I owe, I owe, and off to work I go. You are a slave to the system. You don't go to work because you want to. You go to work because you got to. What makes that anything different than the poor man? The rich rule over the poor. They crack the whip and the people and the poor say, how high? Oh, my, my, my. I had to calm myself down again. (laughs) So notice then when you think about this in, in, in the concept, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower servant. Say that out loud with me servant. Another word is slave. Okay. Now watch that. Jesus says nobody can serve two masters, master and slave. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other. (laughs) 
or else he will be loyal to one and actually despise the other. And then if you think that he was just talking about slavery or talking about, you know, some other kind of situations in life, if you're going to be politically correct, an employee and an employer, he makes you abundantly clear by saying you cannot. And that's what I'm saying to you. When you put your, I'm not saying it, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying it to you. When you put yourself in position of borrower, you become a servant to that lender. And as you are a son of God and a servant of God, now it appears that you have at least two masters in your life. You've got God and you've got mammon. Ooh, man, I am trying to calm myself down today. This series is awesome, okay? So get a hold of this. Don't let these moments pass. Don't let, I pray that this bothers you between this week and next week, that you're chomping at the bit where you've not yet bought into the concept of getting out of your own personal life out of debt and staying out of it completely. Come back, hear more, allow yourself to decide what you, what you believe, but do it in light, not of your education, not of your experience, Decide what you believe in light of the word of God. I don't want to form your beliefs for you. I want to allow you to, to see what God says and then decide how you want to receive that. Now, how you receive it doesn't change what he says, but it does change your outlook in life and what impact that will have on your future. So in Matthew chapter six and verse 24, once again, he says, nobody can serve two masters. He'll hate the one, love the other, or else he'll be low the one, despise the other. You cannot serve in the right way, the way that it should be. You can't serve God and you can't serve money. Something's going to be compromised along the way. And then lastly, he says this, but seek God. You know, so what am I going to do? How am I, my children going to go to college? How am I going to be able to get a better home for our family? I was hoping for this in the future. How am I ever going to be able to, 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 to uh, experience growth in the church? How am I ever going to be able to um, um, do the things that I've dreamed, that I believe God's given me as a dream? He tells you in verse 33, don't borrow from anybody, but seek God, go to God. Go to God when you need a home. Go to God when you need a building. I feel like I'm preaching to myself. When you've outgrown spaces and you need a bigger place for the word of God to be preached and taught, go to God and believe that he is God. Don't You shouldn't have to choose. Do I go to the bank and ask them to give me what God couldn't give me? Now, that's offensive. And that's the posture that so many of us take when we decide against what I believe God is saying. When we go against what the word of God says and we go, we're going to the bank. We're old. You're holding your hat in your hand and you got to get this report. And you got to do this for him. You need your profit and loss statement. And we need to see the ledger on all of these. And then you need to sit here and you got to wait until we give you the approval. Really? Wow. He tells us what to do. He says, seek first, go to God, amen. And all these things will be added to you. Last but not least, and I'm gonna close with this, is Romans chapter six and verse number 16. There's seven very powerful, very significant passage, passages that frame my mind and, and that I believe the Holy Spirit is using through me to help frame your mind on the subject of debt. Again, you may be a good financial steward, 
concerning money. But if you owe somebody something, if you are a borrower, then God has something to say. I believe what he's saying is get out of that and stay out of that. And I believe God knows best. Let me close in Romans 6 and 16. This is the number seven passage. He says, do you not know that to whom you present yourselves, slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. And he asked this in a question. I think this is kind of cool because the Lord, I believe, has given me three questions to ask you. Not to answer them for you, but three questions to ask you. Not for you to just draw from your mind what you think or what you believe, but to challenge you to allow your beliefs to be based on the Word of God. Okay, let's say you believe it is okay to borrow. What scriptures do you base that belief on? There's a lot to say don't do it. So now if you're going to go against those, then what scriptures are you using that give you the peace of mind that when you need something, that you should go to the world to get it? He's your father. Why would you go, some, go to somebody else to get what you should get from him? He asked a question and I'm asking you, do you not know? that when you present yourself at that bank or at the signing or to put your signature, when you present yourself to someone as a slave to obey, he's already said it, the borrower is slave to the lender. Do you not know that when you do that, you are their slave and you have to obey? Because if you don't, they're coming to get that car. Repo man, hook a hook. <laughs> If, if, you, if you don't pay that, then they're coming to take that house. They will default. If you don't pay what you owe, you become slave to that. He says, do you not know that when you present yourself as a slave to obey somebody, that you are their slave to obey? And then he specifies, he says, and, and this goes, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience, leading to righteousness. Now watch this, and this is an awesome revelation. We've asked the question, what if debt were a sin? Whether of debt, if you present yourself as a slave to obey of debt, which is leading to debt. You know, I hope you've already learned this, that the word mortgage, you know, like the word mortician, um, it, it, there, there's death involved in that well in truth debt leads to the ramifications of death you know one of the the the, the curse in the curse that's in this world is poverty sickness and death and all of those are the ramifications of death when adam opened the door through sin death came in and with it came all of these ramifications and poverty and indebtedness is a part of that when you yield yourself unto debt, it leads to something perishing in your life or 
if you yield yourself unto obedience. Obedience is when you need a bigger building, when you need more equipment, when you need a vehicle or an aircraft, go to God and obey him and do what he said. There's so many examples in scripture where men and women did that and God moved supernaturally to get to them the things that they did. <laughs> well, did you get anything out of this tonight? Oh man, praise God. Well, thanks again for taking the time to engage with me on this subject. We're not nearly done. We haven't even scratched the surface. I think we got one more night of an introductory type message and then we'll get into the seven big steps. And we'll take one night for each step, but by the end of this 12-week series, I believe you'll be well positioned spiritually and somewhat naturally to get out and to stay out. God loves you. I love you too. I hope to see you next time. Tell a friend, share us on uh, Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and let's do this together in Jesus' name.